Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are attempting to clear out the clutter, find a place for the keep, and formulate a productive to-do as we work on organizing our thoughts, coming to terms, letting go, and making a plan. Do you find it difficult to concentrate on what truly matters when you're overwhelmed with all the extra thoughts that flood your mind? How do you make space to focus? Most of the time, we just move mental clutter from one corner to the next, neatly stack what we plan on getting to eventually, or cram another brain drawer with miscellaneous ideas we hope to sort out at some point. If any of this sounds familiar, keep listening. Don't put off today what you think you'll get to tomorrow. So raise your hand if you're carrying around a lot of useless information that you may or may never need to recall. Now, depending on where you are in your life, evaluate your brain's hard drive to determine the bandwidth you're working with. It may be time to do a data dump and reorganize your thoughts to make room for something new. It's no secret that eventually you'll run out of space. Let's take some time to strategize a better way to organize your thoughts, making the commitment to work through some unresolved issues and let go of harmful baggage, the baggage we've been dragging around decade after decade. Deal? At wildaboutwellbeing.com, I found some great information to get us started. Taking responsibility for your own lives. Steps to stop letting your past dictate your future. Step one, acknowledge. Whatever led you to being stuck in the past and resentful about a certain person or situation did happen. There's no point trying to ignore it or forget about it. Acknowledging that it happened is vital. If you can't acknowledge it happened, you'll never be able to take responsibility for your part in it. If you can't take responsibility, then you'll never get over it. In this step, we're going to acknowledge both the event itself and all the effects it had on your life. So here's your action step. Write down the event in as much detail as possible, but avoid being judgmental. You want an account that states only the facts of what happened. List all the ways in which this event has affected you. You should consider areas like your emotions, your behavior, your relationships, etc. Step two, perspective. The first thing that you wrote, the account of the event, you cannot change. That event would have been seen completely different by the other person. An objective viewer would have yet another account of the event. When we remember events, we embellish them. This means that the memories are quite different from what actually happened. Even if we could change what happened, we wouldn't be able to genuinely remember it in order to do so. The list of things that you've allowed the event to do to you, now that's what can change. In fact, these are the things you owe it to yourself to take steps to change. So here's an action step. Rewrite the event from the other person's point of view. Now it's time to ask yourself some important questions. Was the other person involved aware that their actions or words would have such a profound impact on you? 
Did their actions genuinely instigate the emotions and beliefs you now hold about the event? And have they imposed limiting core beliefs that hinder your progress? Spoiler alert, that person didn't set out for you to have the list of effects. Maybe they've even forgotten the details about what happened. Step three, imagine. Through your introspective efforts, you've realized that you bear responsibility for your behavior both during the event and in its aftermath. Your choices play a significant role in allowing the event to continue affecting you, particularly when you attribute your reactions to it. So here's an action item. What would you feel now when reminded of the event? How would you like to react now instead of the negative behaviors and beliefs on your list? Outline the dream reaction you'd have when a trigger came up to remind you of the event. I want you to imagine it in full bright color with real details. I want you to think about a situation where previously you would have been triggered. Let your mind see everything around you and inhale the smells of the air. You're making this as real as possible, so also think about what sounds you're hearing. Finally, think about you yourself and your physical and emotional feelings. You're teaching your brain that the trigger can create a different experience. The brain cannot always tell the difference between visualization and reality. This means we can use a visualization technique to change our reactions to triggers. Step four, next steps. It may not be enough to work through the memory of the event, even if you're committed to changing your reactions. Remember, it's perfectly okay to remove toxic people, places, or things from your life. Here's an action step. Reflect upon the primary triggers that evoke strong reactions within you and consider whether there are any that you should work on eliminating. If that seems too daunting, at the very least, contemplate the boundaries you can establish. It's essential to understand that removing triggers without addressing the underlying issue is not the solution. You must still take responsibility for the emotional toll you've placed upon yourself since the event. And step five is growth. These five steps are just the beginning and they should be applied to various events, both current and future. By consistently taking these actions when needed, you'll become more adept at assuming responsibility swiftly. It's crucial to recognize the strides you make in this journey. Sometimes when faced with more work ahead, it can be challenging to pause and appreciate how far you've already come. While self-praise might seem presumptuous, failing to acknowledge your progress carries the risk of regression. So here's an action tip. How are you going to make sure that you continue to recognize your progress? It might be by working this process with a close friend so you can hold each other accountable. You could start a journal where you continue to work through these steps for other events. It's easy to think everything we've been through is someone else's fault. It's time that we realize we're responsible for all our actions, not someone else. If we can take responsibility, we can move forward.
When you think of organizing your mind, you can think about organizing your closet. I think we've all had to do that a time or two. You get too much stuff in there, it's spilling out, it's out of season, it doesn't fit any longer, and you need to get in there and you need to clear it out. Why? Well, so that it looks orderly, but also so you can make room for more. So maybe it doesn't fit you any longer because you've grown. And it's not, uh, since we're talking about the brain, maybe it's not just the size of your physical being, but of your mental being. You have grown. Therefore, old ideas no longer fit. Maybe it's out of style. Think about that. You are evolving. You're changing. What you respond to and what you believe in may also change. So you have to leave room for that. How has your lifestyle or ideas changed? You might need to make room for a new style, a new idea, someone else's opinion, maybe not just your own. We adopted this uh, kind of an interesting way of looking at things when we downsized. We created a new kitchen and we decided this time, instead of just moving everything in its entirety back into the kitchen, how could we change the way we look at stuff? So we came up with this idea of 98% and 2%. So 98% is the stuff that you use all the time. And the 2% is the stuff we end up carrying around for that someday. Someday we might need this. Someday I might have a dinner party with 12. But every other day, 98% of the time, it's just the two of us. So we, a lot of times, can keep a lot of extra stuff just in case. And we can do that in our brains as well. We can carry ideas around. Maybe they were ideas that came to us from our uh, parents as we were growing up. Maybe it's their ideas and their opinions that they passed down to us, not unlike the china that's up in the attic right now. All of the extra things that you carry around. How can you move those aside? Maybe test them. Is this belief system still in alignment with my core values? If we don't ever push back and test our theories, we're never going to know. Now, you've heard of a professional organizer, someone that comes in, they know how to put things into the right spots and help you evaluate what you have and what you can get rid of. You can do this as well with what you store in your brain. And that can be with a trusted friend, a family member, or a professional. Someone can help you sort through your thoughts, look at them, help you create priorities, help you let some things go and make a plan. Galena Hitching offers us ways to better organize your thoughts and be productive. This is found at scienceofpeople.com. Marcus Aurelius said, You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find great strength. Dr. Dan Siegel, a renowned clinical professor of psychiatry, believes that brain integration is at the core of well-being. This is the process of integrating the mind, body, and emotions and working to integrate the brain's processing instead of focusing only on left brain and right brain thinking. Even though you have a natural propensity to be either more creative or logical, using your whole brain makes you emotionally and intellectually stronger. So we're going to consider some tips. 
Pick the ones that resonate the most with you, but keep an open mind and try to stretch yourself a bit. This will activate whole brain thinking, which in turn will strengthen your brain. Organizing complex thoughts may take more time, but there's no need to feel overwhelmed. Try these techniques to tackle and organize even the most complex concepts you've been pondering. Use mind mapping to make sense of complex thoughts. Have you ever heard of mind mapping? Mind mapping is an effective study tool improving critical thinking skills, clarifying and organizing ideas, and increasing focus. Whether you're making a mind map to build connections in a concept or simply trying to organize the facts and figures you need to recall, mind maps can help. It's a diagram used to visually organize information into a hierarchy, showing relationships among pieces of the whole. It's often created around a single concept drawn as an image in the center of a blank page to which associated representations of ideas any kind of brainstorming like images, words, or parts of words are then added. So it helps you get out your information in your brain in a more visual way. Find connections between your thoughts. Complex thoughts will always have connections to each other. It's just a matter of paying attention to patterns and points of similarity. You can use mind mapping to do this, but sometimes it takes work to build the initial connections at the start of processing complex thoughts. Instead, quickly write down everything you know about this complex idea. Once you have your idea written down, highlight words that are similar or the same. Underline words that convey an emotion or a feeling. Make a list of your highlighted words and then ask, what do these have in common? Make a list of your underlined words and then look for synonyms to reduce your list down to one to two main feelings or emotions. From here, you can always create a mind map or keep going by looking for how the words and concepts connect. Think about the bigger picture and look for an overarching theme or focus. Keep a notebook of these brainstorming sessions and periodically review your pages. Ask yourself, what are some of the reoccurring ideas or emotions? How do these connect to my past? How do these connect to my future? When you do this, your brain will begin to process and notice the world differently. You may start to see patterns emerging all around you. Record those. It could be the start of a new entrepreneurial vision, a series of paintings, a concept for a new book, or even an innovative idea for your workplace. Writing is an excellent tool to help you organize your thoughts. You can jot down ideas quickly in unformed sentences or take the time to write slowly and deliberately. Use these different techniques to organize and clear your mind. James Pinnaker said, writing is forcing people to translate an experience into words. And what writing does is slow the process down it allows you to think about it in a slower and more deliberate way. How about create sticky notes on a wall to organize all the moving pieces? Sticky notes are an excellent thought organizing tool because they help your ideas become more tangible. We all have those little sticky notes. You can get them in all different colors. Instead of building a mountain of disorganized sticky notes all over your desk, 
Set up a sticky notes wall so you can organize moving pieces and interact with your ideas. Here's why it works. Get you out of your chair. Ideas can be moved around or replaced. Color codes can give you visualization for different clusters of ideas. And of course, standing increases neurocognitive function. So here's how do you use it. Develop a work strategy or workflow. Visualize moving pieces in a project and then collect ideas and concepts that feel disconnected. Track dates and information. And sticky notes are great because you can pull them down and put something else there. They're temporary. You can build on top of them. It's not like writing it in stone. You could also use expressive writing to improve mental health and improve work performance. Whether you're organizing your thoughts around work or personal life, take time for expressive writing. In the 80s, James Pinnaker, a social psychologist, discovered an intriguing connection between confession and emotional release. He observed that people undergoing a lie detector test would be highly distressed until they confessed. This surprised researchers because criminals were relieved after confessions that ultimately could lead to their prosecution. Taking this knowledge, he studied the general public and found that expressive writing, 15 minutes of writing about trauma or another long-held secret, was incredibly therapeutic. Subsequently, more research has backed up his findings. This study found that writing about negative past experiences increased neural responses in learning activities. The Journal of Cognitive Psychology found that writing about work failures can lead to fewer future failures. So here's a pro tip. James Pinnaker invented a fun technique called finger writing. One night, he was distressed about something but didn't want to turn on the light to write about it. Instead, he sat up in bed and with his finger, started writing in the air what was weighing heavily on his mind. After a few minutes, his mind was unburdened. He suggests doing this when you can't write or are concerned that someone will find out what you've written. Do a daily mind dump to bring clarity to your day. How you start the day sets you up for the rest of the day. A morning brain dump will help you clear your mind first thing. In your mind dump, write everything that comes to mind. Have 100 tasks that are weighing on you? Get it down on paper and it will feel much more manageable. Woke up with the memory of a lingering dream? Write it down. If your mind goes blank when you look at the page, use these prompts to get you going. This morning I feel... I'm worried about... I'm wondering about... Today I need to do, I would like to, I need. You're not writing a thoughtful essay here. The goal is to get everything out of your head and onto paper. Sometimes a mind dump can feel like you've tangibly laid down a heavy burden you've been carrying. Here's a pro tip. After getting used to a mind dump, take it to the next level. As you write, pay attention to your breathing. Is your breathing shallow or is it coming more quickly? Consciously deepen your breathing so that your breath is slow and regular. As you exhale, 
make a pushing away motion with your hands and envision yourself laying down a burden. Try bullet journaling to cluster your thoughts and easily track ideas. If you need more time or desire to jump wholeheartedly into the weird and wonderful world of bullet journaling, don't worry. You can bullet journal with nothing more than a ballpoint pen and a piece of paper. The key here isn't how you do it, but what it accomplishes. Bullet journaling is perfect if you have a hard time concentrating and can't seem to manage or organize your thoughts or you have so many ideas you forget half of them before you can write them down. You're impatient and hate journaling. Anxiety or depression makes journaling feel impossible. You're discouraged and you can't see the bigger picture. You wanna track ideas in clusters over some time. You need to track complex concepts quickly. You need an excuse for your notebook and pen obsession. That would be mine. Ryder Carroll, the creator of the bullet journal technique, suggests starting by writing down the following. Things you need to do, things you wanna do, things you should do. And then ask yourself, is this vital? And does it really matter? As you do this, you're eliminating tasks that are distractions. Next, break the task or idea down to an actionable step. Instead of viewing something as a whole, look at the parts that it's made up of. You can organize the tasks to be clearly defined or take less than a month to accomplish. The mind-body connection states that the health of the body and the mind are intricately connected. A growing number of studies have shown that methods like meditation and prayer can have a direct impact on your body. So as you work to organize your thoughts, remember that your mental state impacts your body and vice versa. Connect to your environment and clear your mind outdoors. From Virginia Woolf to Henry David Thoreau, some of the greatest literary minds have found inspiration and clarity by spending large amounts of time outdoors. If you don't have time for long rambling walks, start by adding a 15 minute walk to your day. If you do have access to nature, that's best. Look for a city park if you don't live in a naturally beautiful environment. Make it a point to carve out the small time to be outdoors without any tasks. No multitasking, just thinking, observing, and being present in the moment. Here's a pro tip. Evening walks are incredible for clearing the head, while morning walks, just as the sun is rising, hold a magic quality to them and are excellent for gaining a fresh vision on your life. Develop a calming body ritual. Approach thought organizing by first bringing your body into a calm state. This can be as simple as brewing a cup of coffee or tea and taking a couple of minutes to enjoy your hot drink before starting. It immediately impacts your mind when your body is calm and even nourished and nurtured. Try these rituals before you get started on a challenging task. Breathe. If you're in a safe space, close your eyes and focus on breathing. Slowly inhale through the nose, hold it for three seconds, and gently exhale through your mouth. Do this three times. Drink. Make a hot drink and sit quietly for three minutes before starting anything. 
Watch the steam rising. Feel the heat of the cup on your hands. Focus on the flavors in your mouth. If you can't help but think about the task ahead, start with a 30-second mind dump. Write down whatever is plaguing your brain. Once you've cleared that information from your head, it may be easier to take the three minutes to sit quietly. Stretch. If your thoughts are plaguing you and you've been sitting hunched at your desk for hours, it's time for a stretch. Stand with your feet spread to the shoulder width and gently raise your hands toward the ceiling. Lift your body like you're pushing on an invisible lid, lifting your heels off the floor. Exhale through your mouth as you lift forward. Come back to a normal standing position. Gently roll your neck to the sides and finish by lifting your face to the ceiling. If standing isn't possible, you can also do these stretches sitting. Verbalizing your thoughts can be a powerful tool to bring your ideas into order. These techniques can help you make sense of what you're thinking and begin processing ideas and feelings in a new way. Remember, you have permission to talk to yourself. Talking to yourself isn't only for children and the elderly, and it certainly is not an indication of mental instability. Instead, self-talk has been connected to increased concentration on tasks, improving visual processing, and even reducing anxiety. But it can still feel uncomfortable. However, why don't you try this? At home, when no one else is around, Talk about something you don't feel comfortable sharing with anyone else. In the garage, the directions don't make sense when you're assembling something with 100 parts. Maybe it's in your car, on your daily commute. Practice what you'll say at the morning meeting. In your bed, before you get up in the morning, you could process something that you're dreading. Use self-talk to process, practice, reflect, and self-regulate. Verbally process with a friend. While talking to yourself has proven benefits, there's nothing like processing your thoughts with an understanding listener. There are over 148 studies that have shown the positive impact of developing social connections. Try processing with a friend if you've been mulling over a concept or need help to work out some sort of project. When you go through the process of explaining the idea and the problem, your brain goes into problem-solving mode. The person listening may have a fresh perspective or just the right question to help you re-envision the issue. Here's a pro tip. Choose someone sympathetic who won't shoot down your partially formed idea. Put it in a voice note so you don't forget. If you're anything like anyone, great ideas always come while you're driving, at the grocery store, in the middle of an event, or while you're in bed. All situations where writing something down is either inconvenient or impossible. But most of the time, even if you want to remember, you don't. So, enter the smartphone. Use the voice app or dictate to your notes app to capture those easily lost sparks of genius. Using voice notes don't have to be regulated to random thoughts and ideas. You can use the app regularly to process and organize your thoughts. Voice notes are handy if you struggle with writing or the mere thought of journaling makes you want to gag. Start with three minutes a day to process your thoughts in a voice note. Good times to do this are first thing in the morning, on your lunch break, or before you go to bed. 
If you enjoy it, increase your time and make voice notes throughout the day. Verbalize letting go. You dread laying in bed at the end of a long day, plagued by endless thoughts. Review the day. Analyze everything you said, everything your boss said. Pick apart conversations from Jill in accounting to the person at the door. Then, inexplicably, replaying that day in high school when you tripped in front of everybody at the school. When it feels like your thoughts are controlling you, it can be helpful to verbalize letting go. For example, I feel anxious and vulnerable. I don't need to analyze every word and facial expression of every person at work. I accomplished what I set out to do for the day. I let go of fearing rejection and criticism from my boss and coworkers. Acknowledge your feelings, frame the truth, release the feelings, and breathe. Regardless of the situation, if you find yourself replaying something repeatedly, be intentional about letting go. As you train your brain to let go of unnecessary thoughts, you'll have more room in your head and more energy to pay attention to important thoughts. Get quiet and give your thoughts space. If you're always trying to organize your thoughts, neatly tying them up and tucking them into organized drawers, it may be time to try something different. While organizing your thoughts and keeping them under control can be healthy, sometimes you need to be quiet and let your thoughts have some space. Some thoughts may not fit into any labeled drawers in your mind. What do you do with those thoughts? Take time in your day or at least once a week to be quiet and reflective. You can approach this as meditation or simply time that you set aside to be quiet. It can be hard to sit with your thoughts and it takes time to build up your tolerance to being in a quiet space, but it's worth it. Get curious and explore what your thoughts are telling you. This technique goes hand in hand with all the others. Once you can sit quietly with your thoughts, start being curious. What are your thoughts telling you? Is the persistent self-criticism telling you that you need more affirmation? Are your dreams or hope bouncing around in your head, but you haven't recognized them as dreams? As you spend time with these thoughts, ask yourself what you need what you hope for, and what you can learn. Remember, being curious here is different from absorbing the ideas as true. Instead, you're taking a position of inquiry. Not acceptance or criticism, just simple curiosity. Build a healthy environment for deeper thinking. Your brain needs as much care and exercise as your body does. Try incorporating brain exercises into your weekly workout routine. Study a language. Even if you're busy, you can add 15 minutes a day. According to Cambridge.org, it can even reduce the chances of dementia, so it's completely worth it. Learn a musical instrument. Increase gray matter and boost your reaction time by playing a musical instrument. Practice drawing. Build new neural pathways and boost serotonin by drawing regularly. Here's a MythBuster. You don't have to be creative to draw. Drawing is a skill that anyone can learn. Do math in your head. 
Stimulate the area of your brain that may help you better regulate emotions. Identify smells and flavors. Improve cognitive ability through smell training. This is consciously detecting smells in everyday life or smelling the same four scents like essential oils for several months. Be careful of keeping all your thoughts in your head. So many times we tend to sit with our thoughts. We hold on to them. We might be doing this because we feel like no one else cares or everyone is so busy or I don't want to be a complainer or I don't want someone to see me that vulnerable. But at any rate, we sit with those thoughts. And when we do that, we're protecting them and we're giving them more power. Many, many times, and there's tons of studies that show that we don't remember details accurately. So when we're left to our own devices of replaying these thoughts, maybe unchallenged or unspoken, we can create these bigger and more um, grandiose ideas in our head. They can be inaccurate. When we think back, we might be giving more power to the negative part of the memory versus the positive part of the memory. We might be worried of judgment. So instead, we keep the thoughts in our head and we judge ourselves even more harshly. We might feel shameful, guilty, or regretful. But sitting with those ideas will just exacerbate them. Instead, Think about connecting with a trusted friend or a professional, someone that is willing to open up and just listen, listen without judgment. But at the same time, we need to be able to embrace and accept feedback. Sometimes this could come from a friend that maybe challenges the way we're thinking about ourselves. They might see us a totally different way, and we might be quick to say, no, that's not me and be more self-deprecating versus if they say, no, these are your great qualities, we need to be open to hearing that. That's typically an unbiased opinion about yourself and you should embrace that. From a professional, we need to embrace maybe some different thoughts and challenges that we need to take on to dig even deeper. Sometimes our homework might be instead of avoiding a situation, Digging a little deeper into it, opening that situation up, talking to someone else that might have been involved to get their opinion of what transpired. Sarah Reagan shares steps to let go of the past and actually move forward, found at mindbodygreen.com. We all have a past, and sometimes things that happened in the past have a way of sticking with us and holding us back from moving forward. If you're struggling to move on, Here's what mental health experts recommend in order to leave the past behind once and for all. Whether you want to let go of past relationships, a past mistake, or a past trauma, it can be incredibly difficult to disentangle yourself from whatever it is you're going through. But the good news is, the urge you feel to move forward is actually guiding you in the right direction. A psychology expert, Megan Hale, said the reason most of us feel guilt or shame from our past is because those actions were not in line with our current morals and values. In this way, our previous wrongdoings can actually clue us into what we hold important now. But that doesn't mean it's easy, of course. 
According to marriage and family therapist Shelley Bullard, once your heart is deeply connected to something, whether it's a person or experience for better or worse, it can be very difficult to let it go. Even if you know it's not right for you, you still hang on because the depth of connection is so strong. While letting go of the past won't be a cakewalk, licensed marriage and family therapist Jesse Leader says it is your job to be curious and explore why it happened and process feelings associated with the hurt. It isn't so much about letting go, but rather having a better relationship with this part of you. So be intentional. As you realize you're stuck in the past, you may have a realization that something needs to change in order for you to move forward. Personal growth and progress always starts with an intention, a wanting and willingness to do something different in order to get a different result. As psychotherapist Babita Spinelli says, the first step to letting go of the past is choosing with intention to do so. Make the commitment to let go and then do it. Take the time to process your thoughts and emotions. Understand that healing is not linear and letting go takes time. After all, we can't change the past and we may never be the same, but that doesn't mean we have to stay stuck. As a somatic psychologist and licensed marriage and family therapist, Holly Richmond says, stepping away from the past is often more of a process of moving through rather than letting go. We can't just let go and forget, but rather we often need to sit with the feelings, process them, and move through them to states where we feel more calm, centered, and empowered rather than feeling triggered by a past event. She adds that when we can separate a past experience from our current reality, we tend to be able to more solidly move into future possibility and hopefulness. As Spinelli puts it, acknowledge the past event or experience and process the feelings, owning your part and the emotions that come with it. Work with an affirmation or mantra. Affirmations and mantras can be a powerful tool to help rewire negative thought loops, priming the brain to look for and believe in what you're telling yourself. Richmond notes that her all-time favorite and go-to mantra is, that was then, this is now. She said, I use this frequently with survivors of trauma as a daily reminder that they are safe now and that they're here now. Here's a quick list of mantras and affirmations for letting go of the past. I choose to let go of the past. I look forward to my future. I'm fully present in this moment. I can't change what's happened, but I can change how I move through it. I am resilient. I am ready to move on. I am grateful for who I am today. I am more than what has happened to me. I give myself patience and grace. I embrace new beginnings. Cultivate mindfulness. We may not even realize we're stuck in the past if we aren't consciously aware of the thoughts that run amok in our minds. As such, Spinelli says mindfulness is an important practice for letting go of the past. Take more time with mindfulness, focusing on the present and what is instead of what was. And according to Richmond, mindfulness can involve your grounding into body as well. 
whether you take up yoga or spend more time walking through nature. Helping people ground in the present moment helps them separate the past from the present and settle more firmly into what is actually happening in this moment, not what happened in the past. Practice radical acceptance. Radical acceptance is exactly what it sounds like. Accepting what has happened, even if it requires a radical change in thinking on your part. Therapist Megan Bruneau said, this doesn't mean you wanted or are grateful for what's happened, but rather you're choosing to allow it to be there when you can't change it in the moment. When we reject, resist, or otherwise struggle against our pain, she adds, we only create undue suffering. So give yourself permission to be as you are. Feel what you feel or have experienced what you've experienced without creating unproductive shame or anxiety. The pain might still be there, but some of the suffering will be alleviated. Forgive yourself and others. According to Spinelli, sometimes letting go requires leaning into forgiveness, whether that's forgiveness towards yourself or another person. It's like the old saying goes, Holding resentment is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Recognize that it's toxic for you to hold on to it. Try inner child or shadow work. It might seem counterintuitive to dissect your past with inner child or shadow work, but when it comes to letting go of the past, sometimes it's the only way through it. As clinical psychologist Trish Phillips said, Inner child work helps to remind ourselves that we're not wrong or bad and heal the shame that comes with just having feelings. You need to know what the bad bits are that are holding you back or are hidden. And that's where the shadow work comes in. Reconnect to yourself. When we're living in the past, we're missing out on who we can be in the present. And this can lead to feeling disconnected from your passions, goals, and even your body. As licensed marriage and family therapist Tiana Leeds said, moving on involves focusing on yourself and cultivating the areas of your life you care about. Recommit to your hobbies and interests and allow yourself time to heal and move forward in your life. Reconnect with your body. Tying back to the previous point, but specifically focusing on the body, you may find success in letting go of the past when you can get your body involved. This comes from James Gordon, a psychiatrist and author of The Transformation, Discovering Wholeness and Healing After Trauma. Everything that happens to us emotionally or psychologically happens to our bodies as well. It's all connected. And while there's no surefire proof that body work like acupuncture, massage, or tapping can help you move through past experiences, Anecdotal evidence suggests this may be possible. In fact, research on tapping, which involves the manual stimulation or tapping of acupuncture points along the body, has been shown in studies to alleviate some symptoms of PTSD. And give yourself some grace. Lastly, but certainly not least, be patient with yourself as you learn to let go. We can't take back what's happened, but we can change how we move forward. Without diminishing the gravity of your experiences, sometimes it can be helpful to try to make meaning out of what's happened to you. This doesn't mean you have to like it, but if you're able to reframe the way you think about your experiences, 
you can better integrate the things that have happened to you. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, invite in a trusted friend or professional to help you evaluate your thoughts. Instead of living with guilt, shame, and overwhelm, Push back and be willing to take responsibility where you can and let go of what is no longer serving you. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. I stumbled through until the path was clear.